What's up? It's Soph, and this is the Pretty Girl Pill Club, the podcast where a couple of unqualified idiots on the internet talk about our fucked up brain chemistry, among other things. Because our deep dive episodes, like what we did last week with BetterHelp, take usually multiple weeks to research and prepare for. In between those episodes, I think it would be cool to have a name for the more casual off-the-cuff episodes so that it's easier to differentiate in your feed between one of our deep dive episodes and our more casual episodes. Similar to the way that Last Podcast on the Left has their relaxed fit episodes in between their main episodes. I've been racking my brain for a couple of days now and I've come up with exactly nothing. So if you happen to have a clever idea, feel free to shoot me an email at pgpcla at gmail.com. Or of course, you can always slide into my DMs at Pretty Girl Pill Club on Instagram and pgpcpod on Twitter. And because I always forget to say this at the top of the episode, we're not professionals, blah, blah, blah. Even though we talk about mental health, we are by no means experts on literally anything. And With all that said, enjoy the episode after this ad break. Today's episode is brought to you by The Gallery. Based out of New York, The Gallery is a curated collection of photographs from around the world. While we are all unable to travel, this is a great way to bring a piece of the world to you, or if you're like me and don't really leave your apartment to begin with. All prints are made from 100% recycled aluminum, giving your wall that gallery finish. Right now, The Gallery is offering our listeners 15% off their purchase by using the code 15OFF. Go to thegallery.com, that's G-A-L-R-Y.com, so your wall will never be boring again. What is poppin' pill poppers? This is Ronnie with a quick message. If you're enjoying this episode of Pretty Girl Pill Club, or any episode for that matter, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. It's a great way to support us so we can keep doing what we love and it would personally make my day. You can also subscribe to us, follow us on social media, or simply tell somebody to give us a listen. Thanks. From the middle of the 20th century in the United States of America, Hundreds and hundreds of teenage boys and girls are becoming hopeless dope addicts every year. It's fantastic. Welcome to the Pretty Girl Pill Club, where I'm off my meds. Fuck you, CVS. Did you feel the earthquakes this morning? I never feel earthquakes. I felt one earthquake in my life. I was uh, unfortunately awake at four in the morning. There was an earthquake, followed by several more earthquakes, followed by light shaking for about two hours. That's wild. I I always feel out of the loop, I guess, or a little bit of FOMO when earthquake Twitter or LA Twitter, I guess, is like, there's an earthquake. I wish I could just like wake up once to, to feel it. But you've, you've been in one earthquake, you've been in them all. So I don't know. Yeah, that's true. Like I've lived in California my whole life. I've never felt an earthquake until like the last year, actually. It'd be like that. <laughs> Uh, speaking of Twitter, so earlier today, um, Pokimane was trending for potentially having a boyfriend on Twitter, and it only got bigger due to Keemstar, which you are a, a Keemstar expert. I w- yeah, yeah, I guess I am. A Ke- I was about to say, no, I'm not. And then I thought about it for a second. I'm like, I might be a Keemstar expert. <laughs> 
Well, you got the background. Like, you know a lot about his story, you know, where he came from. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of, like I've said before, I'm a bit of an encyclopedia of useless internet knowledge. Keemstar is included in that. I mean, he's a rich part of, of internet history. He's an integral part of internet culture. Big time streamer, too. His main thing is drama alert, which is like, it's basically the TMZ of YouTube. Right. I think that might be what's tying this whole thing together. Together, in mm-hmm. terms of like the the release of the uh hashtag pokemane boyfriend i didn't have anything too much to say about that concept except for the fact that the same thing sort of happened to nico lol if y'all remember is the oki boomer girl that she uh had this big boom of followers dropping her uh tiktok video where she's like admittedly looking very hot and as soon as people found out that she had a boyfriend she only retained 10 percent of her subscribers because people just trying to fuck sometimes all the time yeah there are far more incels on the internet than we had previously estimated, I think is is the moral of the story. I mean, the thing with like Pokimane, Keemstar tweeted out Pokimane, two out of 10. And then I think I was just looking at it and the photo of her like without makeup was just like, what people were flooding the replies with. First of all, she looks the exact same without makeup. Second of all, all of her fans that are like really mad about it because they're like, oh, she's been like lying to us. We've been misled. (laughs) We've been hoodwinked. We've been hoodwinked by fucking mascara. Those are all just a bunch of fucking virgins who have never had a girl sleep over at their house before. And that's the end of that. That's a it's a funny little discourse to see if y'all have Twitter up on your phone right now, you can uh, peep people wiling out from the discovery. You know what I think it is, I think like, we've just been in lockdown for so long that people are just getting bored and starting shit for no reason. There has been an uptick in the hashtags for like, so and so is over party and uh, hashtag rip so-and-so who's like not dead oh yeah who did they do that to the other day they did that to uh they did that to shane dawson the other day they got r.i.p shane dawson trending i think that was the one that like i kind of saw and i was like like the hashtags were like admittedly kind of funny because it was like hashtag riff jeff bezos and it was just like pictures of like mr clean and like other bald people that weren't jeff bezos but like that one they was like really serious about it like they was upset with shane dawson and it was like y'all y'all taking that too far now yeah i Uh, I have so many weird feelings about it because, look, I, since we did our episode about cancel culture, like, a lot more has, like, a lot more has happened with that, and I don't even know that I would really, like, even want to talk about it too much because, or at least, like, my opinions on it too much because they're still, like, forming because it's just so, like, there's just so many opinions coming from so many directions and so many, like, you know, people who know him personally say one thing and then just, like, observers of his career say another thing and, like, it's Mm -hmm. difficult. I mean, I always lean towards, like, well, what are the people that are actually in their real life saying about them? Right. When he posted that like Instagram live of him like freaking out over Toddy's video and everybody was like roasting Ryland for like tweeting a bunch of stuff afterwards like about Toddy's video. And I'm Mm. like, you want him to fucking cancel his like future husband? Like, like, are you fucking out of your mind? Like people were literally like, oh, why are you defending Shane? I'm like, uh, I don't know, maybe because they're fucking engaged, dumbass? Like, why do you think? Like, what kind of opinion is that? I think like 
even like opinions aside too it's like you know it's one thing to make fun of jeff bezos because fuck jeff bezos but yeah it's another thing when like 2020 is like claiming a lot of people and then y'all oh, not yeah. y'all not talking jokes now y'all talking real like uh like kind of you know speaking it into existence for him and that's a little that's a little unsettling no one's getting out of this year alive that's the real conclusion I've come to. I keep thinking about how there was this tweet where Google was like, yeah, everybody's staying home and working at home until 2021, you know, the summer of 2021. Yeah. And that's probably when things are going to be like remotely good. Like we might be on lockdown until then, because if Google's doing that, well, we got to do. Yeah. And like for context, obviously, we're in California. I specifically am in Los Angeles, which I believe right now is either has the highest highest or second highest number of cases in the world right now is that right i thought yeah that definitely sounds right definitely sounds plausible yep california is the highest right now in the world yep damn we're number one yeah united states has the highest number of cases and in the u.s los angeles has the highest number of cases riverside has the second highest ronnie yeah, I've been peeping that. Yeah, LA right now has 183,000 confirmed cases. So we really not going outside. Uh, yeah, we're not going outside ever. Dude, Even I don't even know if I'll like feel okay about going outside like a year from now. I feel just like the next couple of years are going to be fucking nuts because just everybody is like, who knows how long we're going to be locked down. And so like everybody's just going to have like all this pent up like rage and like aggression and like not have anything to do with it. And so just like internet discourse is going to get fucking nuts. It's like honest. It's it's reality TV for the modern age. Yeah. Yeah. But just like makes me more uncomfortable, you know? Yeah. Like a part of me is uh, glad that we've evolved past the Jersey Shore. But another part of me is, is like that might have been the golden age. You know, Jersey Shore season one. And Keeping Up with the Kardashians season one are like... Oh, season one of Keeping Up with the Kardashians was great. Perfect examples of reality TV. Like, that's like, that's top tier reality TV. I've only watched the first season of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. The second season is so bad because, like, you can tell that it's fake. Like, the whole first season leads up to, like, the FBI coming by the house and calling the house or whatever. Right, right. Uh, doesn't, like, Chloe go to jail for, like, a minute or... Yeah, like, all that happens in the first season. And so, like, the way they paced it, it's like, wow, this stuff, like, really happened. And it did really happen. But the way they framed it is, like, wild. And, like, yeah. they lose that in the second season. Like it's not as good. And there's that like iconic moment where Kim hits, I believe it's Chloe. Does she hit Chloe or does she hurt, hit Courtney with a purse? I think she hits Chloe. Yeah, I don't know. She smacks somebody with a purse and it's fucking hilarious. Like all of the most iconic keeping up with their Kardashian memes are like from season one. No mm. other season matters. Couldn't care less now, to be perfectly honest. There is one golden moment. I feel like it's in season 11 when they go to Puerto Rico. Oh, wait, is it the, I've seen the clip. Is it the one where, no, they go to Bora Bora and like uh, Kim loses her wedding ring. Courtney like shouts at her because she's like crying. Like The earring one? Earring. It mm. was an earring, not a ring. Yeah. Right, right. And she's like, people are literally dying, Kim. That was season seven, <laughs> I think. No, that whole, that actually, see, that's the thing. The show definitely picks up because that was a good season too. I just see the memes sometimes and they fuck, but like, 
and they fucking kill me. But like that one Bora Bora scene kills me every fucking time because like Courtney just says so much vocal fry that it just sounds hilarious coming out of her mouth. And I can criticize her vocal fry because I also have vocal fry. There is like, I mean, she's like the funniest one, admittedly. Yeah, she's she's the funniest because she's also kind of the dumbest. I can see that. I can see. I can see what you mean by that. Yeah, like she doesn't seem like she knows that she's being funny. Like I think she was being fucking genuine when she said people are literally dying, Kim. No, I think she, I think to that degree she knew she was being funny. Like not like <laughs> not like putting on airs or anything, but just like she was being honest and like the honesty is kind of the, the funny part about it. Yeah, yeah, true. But she was also like dead serious though. Right. There was just another moment though in like season 11, I want to say, when Kanye was walking with Kim and North and North is carrying a stick and he's like, what is that? And then North is like, it's a stick. And he's like, is that like a magic stick? I got the magic stick, you know, by um, yeah, yeah, yeah. he sings that. And then Kim's like, don't say that. And Kanye's like, why? And Kim's like, well, do you know what it is? And she, he's like, nah, what is it? And she's like, it's a stick. And he's like, ah, sorry. And I think that's yeah. the funniest thing because he was like 38 or something. Mm-hmm. He's like a hip hop legend. And like and didn't realize. all that time didn't know that magic stick was about a dick. That's, that's Kanye. I don't know. <laughs> I thought that was like really like wild. Like, man, you been in the game for so long and you just you miss that <laughs> yeah well he's, he's just like in his own universe do do, do we want to talk about his little like breakdown lately or is, do we want to even touch that i think he's just going through his his cycles of depression and i yeah. like i I definitely like see I don't know he was like kind of afraid of going to the hospital actually I get that though with I really the recent thing because he went in um while he was in Wyoming he went in for anxiety and like they were saying that there were so many people in the hospital that he didn't feel comfortable there so he left I guess with people coming to see him he's like starting to get the help but he's definitely okay. in the middle of like a, a manic episode slash oh breakdown. yeah I mean most of his career is just like a bunch of like manic episodes you know mm-hmm. that's what happens when you have bipolar disorder and you don't get treatment for it usually like i couldn't give less of a shit about this type of like tmz ass shit as much as i love internet drama but that statement that uh kim put out or i'm assuming whoever her pr person is who wrote it put out was Mm. uh i mean it was really good i don't know i felt like it really like conveyed the kind of frustration that family members of people with like pretty like intense mental illnesses like deal with right like whoever her pr person is who wrote that like killed it it was like a call for you to be like gentle with these people too yeah yeah that that was the other part of it you know she made it very clear about like you know the severity and like didn't make it about herself but like also conveyed the frustration that she feels and i feel like a lot a lot of people could relate to you know and i felt like it was i don't know i felt like it was a really good way to handle it is it on her twitter still i was on her instagram Oh, it was on well, her I guess she, she might have posted it on Twitter, though. But. Oh, but it was on her story, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, she said all the right things, or her PR person said all the right things. I feel bad assuming that, like, she didn't actually write it, but, like, let's be honest. And if she did actually write it, she knocked it out of the park. <laughs> I'll give her that much. I, I still think he should be 5150. Like he got to. Oh, 100%. <laughs> he got to spend that time in the facility, you know, doing some crosswords, coloring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Talking to 24, you know, around the clock. 
uh, not 24 therapist, but 24 seven therapist. Yeah. And, and the thing is, like, I mean, he's he has so much money, he could get the best like psychiatric care in the world, which is like the biggest issue, because what's keeping him from doing that initially, you know, like now it's because like, you know, the Coronavirus hospitals are scary, but like there had to be some like push from Chris, as Kanye said in his tweets, to like keep mm-hmm. him from going back. Huh. We keep him from going back to to like a hospital to get. Oh, help. okay. Huh. Interesting. The problem is that like when you're a creative person and you have bipolar, you do kind of like the mania. Mm-hmm. And that's why like a lot of people with bipolar like don't always get help. I could understand that feeling of like you don't want to be leveled out because it's those high highs that get you to, you know, make art and it's those low lows that inspire the art to begin with. Right. I I get that in terms of like on Kanye's side. Yeah, it's not healthy though. Right. And like with with the second side of it, Kim is, or Chris is like a very controlling part of the family and like not in this isn't like a judgment statement if she's if what she's doing is good or bad, but mm-hmm. she controls a lot of what the media gets. Like even with Kylie being a pronounced billionaire, but then she actually wasn't a billionaire, like that was her doing. That was you know? so fucking funny, by the way. <laughs> I just have to say that. It's wild that she would let Kanye like go out and say all those things. Mm-hmm. I'm not like an expert or anything, but I am a Kardashian expert. So <laughs> knowing Chris, I feel like... Yeah, no, you, you, your knowledge of the Kardashians is like similarly on the level of my knowledge of like weird internet drama. So I met Kim Kardashian once and I hit her with a deep cut that took her a while to remember. To oh my remember. God. Oh my <laughs> but God. But either way. You've never told me that before. That's nuts. She was at the Barnes and Noble at the Grove. And I like skipped class for the day to go see her. It was really cool. Also met the dance moms that day. But again, that's a different story. Wow, great day. The point is, Chris would be very controlling about that. And it's like wild that she let Kanye do all that. And it's like, like you you have to wonder what she's getting out of him not getting help. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't even think about it that way. I mean, I guess if you want to go in the vein of like all publicity is good. Yeah, I can't say the word publicity. Uh, All PR is good PR. I mean, how did they get famous to begin with? Like a a sex tape, right? Right. Actually, that's not fair to say it was Robert Kardashian being involved. No, but it was a sex tape. Yeah, but it was a sex tape, but also OJ. Yeah, so I mean, like, I don't know that she's necessarily, like, super protective of, like you know, keeping their image super sterile, right? Right. Because, like, it never was to begin with. So maybe, yeah, it might just be an all PR is good PR, which is, like, if that is the case, that's really gross to exploit somebody's mental illness that way, right? To, like, put them in harm's way, like, for your own gain. I mean, where we are now, it kind of looks like it worked a little bit because, like, you got Justin Bieber coming to his aid. You got Dave Chappelle coming to his aid. It looks yeah. like they're going to, Kim, Kim and Kanye have, have, like, somewhat reconciled. But, like, there's been, they've been in the media for the past few weeks yeah which is weird because like i don't think there's ever been stuff like in the media about specifically like kim and kanye's relationship right there have been like rumors kanye's like mentioned it but like there hasn't you know there hasn't really been like anything concrete yeah exactly like not in the way that like You know, in the way that there are rumors about everybody's public relationship, but there's never, but like they're specifically like quote unquote drama between them and in their marriage has never been like publicized like that before. I mean, I kind of respected the way that they kept their relationship pretty like 
as far as like the personal details of their relationship very like uh i guess private you know they only put out like a very like sterilized version of it from what i've seen but then again i haven't watched keeping up with the kardashians in years and years and years so like what what do i know but as far as like from what i've observed it feels like they put out this very like picture perfect like you know white picket fence image of specifically their little family within the kardashians yeah which i always kind of admired i don't like people putting their relationship problems on blast but uh yeah i mean it's like really great that like people are like rallying around him and like wanting to see him get help and all of that i just i yeah i would really hate to think that like somebody in his family would be like blocking his healing yeah like that that's so great i mean i wouldn't put it past them or anybody but i would i would really hope not you know i'd like to think that like he's the man that married your daughter and he's like the father of your grandchildren like I have I would like to think that you're not a complete sociopath and that you have some like love and compassion for that person, you know? I mean, it's definitely making for a good story. So maybe Chris will get off with this one. Like she gets away with all of it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know about like the the Chris aspect to it. I just knew that Kanye was having a manic episode, which, you know, I mean, this happens every few years. He he's had his moments. I mean, as someone who has been a Kanye fan for a very long time, although I haven't listened to his music in the past few years I think a lot of Kanye West fans past and present would agree that like one of the things that like fans of him really love about him or like why they're so interested in him is because of the antics you know lest we forget George Bush doesn't care about black people but the problem is that when it becomes like a part of your like identity as a public figure, but it's also the result of a severe untreated mental illness, then it becomes like a it becomes a business decision to treat your mental illness, which is kind of like not the way that that should be approached. So it's definitely true with the the um, artists needing to uh, stave off getting help for their mental state because they don't want to make less good art. That was a weird wording of that. But um, yeah, what I was I was getting to he's like, uh, he's kind of like not Van Gogh. Like I was trying to find the artist. Oh, I know who you're thinking of. It's not Van Gogh, though. But actually, no, Van Gogh like cut off his yeah. ear, right? It says it's Van Gogh. So maybe it is Van Gogh. Toward the end of the, his life, if I'm right that this is van gogh he mm -hmm. had like a period where he was living i think i forgot where he was living i think it was like with his parents or something like that and he was upset mm -hmm. and just like mad depressed and all his paintings depicted that then at the last years mm -hmm. of his life he was like in a what would now be considered like a psych ward yeah and he like painted happy paintings again and then died and so the truth is people still like those Damn. paintings so there's no shame in getting help if you're an artist who is depressed that's the thing it's like it that's why i mean like it's a it's a platitude it's not like a real thing like you don't need to be tortured to like be an artist honestly i was having a conversation about that recently with somebody and i was like here's the thing when i'm like in my depressive holes like i don't do anything sure i have a lot of ideas but I don't do anything with those ideas, right. you know? So it's like kind of pointless. The, the difference though is that I have major depressive disorder. What Kanye is dealing with is bipolar, which involves mania. And the thing about mania is that when you're manic, it feels really mm -hmm. fucking good. And that's, that's kind of the really scary thing about it. I feel a little superhuman when I don't need to sleep. And my brain's like, nah, I could do this all day. Yeah, dude. I mean, I can only equate that to like 
being on coke or something like I've I've never naturally felt like that if I had bipolar I could see myself getting addicted to that feeling Mm -hmm. you know I I I don't know I, I don't know where I'm going with that but I just like feel super hard for for people dealing with I mean my dad has bipolar disorder so I'm like pretty familiar with the way it functions and how like you know when you are the family member of somebody who's dealing with bipolar disorder it's a lot Mm -hmm. (laughs) I can I can say that so I definitely have a lot of empathy for for Kanye's uh family and him as long as Chris isn't uh not letting him get help allegedly because I would be super fucked but like you know Assuming that they're not complete fucking lizard people, like, I do have a lot of empathy for what they're going through because it's difficult. And also, especially when you're dealing with somebody like Kanye West, who's like, you know, that's not somebody who's going to be told what to do. He's not somebody who's going to, like, take direction or, like, like he's not going to be put in a less powerful role. There's ego involved. There's, like, a mental illness involved. There's, like weird family dynamics involved so like actually yeah i guess i was wrong this is a more interesting story (laughs) than i thought it was depending on how people right now talk about this situation it could either be like a situation where it becomes like a teaching moment for people about what bipolar disorder is right no it definitely is or like if we're not careful about how we talk about it or if people like spin the narrative in like a different way like it could be something that is really hurtful you know or or harmful to people with with that disorder you know or just like mental illnesses in general from what i've seen like it definitely like because bpd does not stand for bipolar disorder or it does so bpd stands for borderline personality Mm. disorder bipolar is actually abbreviated by BPAD, Bipolar Affective Disorder. Yeah, okay, boom. So there was a tweet that BPD is not bipolar disorder, and so it probably got the conversation started about this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I saw a lot of people... And again, this is like because of his standing as like a man. Uh, When Megan Thee Stallion got shot in the Mm -hmm. foot, people like hit her with like jokes. Oh, yeah. And um, with Kanye, like, they're more so just like coming to his rescue a lot sooner, you know? Yeah, I was right before we got on this call, I was listening to No Jumper. Uh, Once again, I owe us all money in the No Jumper jar. Um, But I was listening to No Jumper, right? Actually, I haven't mentioned No Jumper in several episodes so i'm gonna give myself a pass on that one but i was listening to no jumper right before we hopped on this call and they were talking about that exact thing about like megan the stallion getting shot in the foot and you know people wanting to you know kind of baby kanye which is like it's good in the sense that like now Mm -hmm. people are going to be more open to work on their mental health but also like megan the stallion still got shot in the foot like Right. It points out it points out the disparity between specifically Mm -hmm. black men and black women. Yeah. Yeah. And the way we the way we treat black men and the way we treat black women in the black community and like to a greater extent. Totally. All over. You know, totally. I mean, me not being like in the black community, just like from an outsider's perspective, I can definitely see that dynamic play out a lot where it's like women are very much like caregivers in the black community. Right. And so like men are more like taken care of. Black women were the people who kind of 
usually come to like the to the case of like Ahmaud Aubrey and George Floyd and like kind of you know saying like we have to protect our mm-hmm. black men but then there's like nobody left to protect yeah. black women and right. then like and they're also yeah. on the other side of that met with jokes exactly yeah you know it's like one of the most like beautiful thing about like femininity and it's also one of like the most detrimental things about femininity is like the desire and willingness to like care for people and nurture people but like you do that for too long and people start to get a little too comfortable and then like you need to be nurtured too because yeah exactly exactly you know it's like a double-edged sword it's like you know it's great to be a nurturing person but if you do that like if you give so much of yourself like eventually like you know you're gonna be in a place where you're just giving and giving and giving and the other people in your life are just gonna be taking and taking and taking and I feel like that's kind of like the dynamic that's like played out here i am a little worried about what like his tweet about wanting to abort north would have on her in the future yeah that was fucked up i think the reason people are babying kanye is because uh they're uh, like they're using his bipolar to excuse all of the shit that he's doing rather than using it for context and the thing is that like like I've said a million times before, mental illness is not your fault, but it is your responsibility. And the thing is like, yeah, it's not an excuse. It just provides context, but it's not like a crutch that you get to lean on every time you do something a little bit fucked right. up, right? And so that's why so that's why in this instance specifically, people are babying Kanye and kind of like making jokes about Meg the Stallion. For one thing, it's definitely like a sexism thing. And then for another thing, it's just a fundamental misunderstanding, you know, kind of using it, like using the kid gloves with him because it's like mental illness. And like a lot of people walk on eggshells around it, which I I mean, I fundamentally, I think disagree with the whole like walking on eggshells around the topic approach because I don't think it's productive and I think we get ourselves into these weird like catch 22s where it's like where's the line where we can make jokes about Meg the Stallion but we have to baby Kanye you know it's like I don't think we should be making jokes about either of them I think we should be taking both seriously I think the main takeaway is always kind of like we even met her with jokes in a similar span of being like very like oh let's like pray for Kanye like it's it's just like that was our first response to Kanye and our first response to Megan was jokes yeah we should be treating them both with like respect and so I think maybe like we're overcorrecting in this situation where we want to be really careful about how we talk about Kanye because we understand that like bipolar disorder is really serious and we don't want to say anything that could like potentially like put him or put anybody else with bipolar disorder in in harm's way but it's also like yeah having bipolar disorder sucks but like getting shot in the foot it's and it's not like a competition of like whose situation is worse like, I guess because with the Meg Thee Stallion thing, it's not shrouded in a, like, taboo or uncomfortable subject, like mental illness. Yeah. Violence in hip-hop has, like, always been a thing. Like, it's not, like, it's just, like, a thing that I think we're a little bit desensitized to. But also even to that effect, like, if somebody, if a male was shot, we wouldn't have met it with jokes. Like, honestly, people would have been, like, pray for this person, because that's what, that's what, like, happens, like, I mean, remember like that comedian that made that joke about XXX Tentacion? When people like heard that joke, like the entire like hip hop and like rap community fucking jumped down her throat. Like she was getting death right, threats. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right? And, like, do you think if somebody... and But, like, people will make a joke about Meg the Stallion. Are those people... Are the people saying Meg... Or, sorry, not Meg. Uh, Peg the Stallion getting death threats? Like, I don't think so. Definitely not. You know? The, the difference is X... Uh, like tragically passed away and meg seems like she's going to recover all right even still why is that why did that comedian get death threats for making jokes about x and nothing's happening to people that and i'm not saying that anybody should be getting death threats like that's that's not what i'm getting at what i'm getting at is like the responses are the the biggest issue yeah, the responses are just, there seems to be like a double standard. There's like a tweet that goes around that like every now and then like 50 Cent will like post something wild. Like I, he like definitely posted something wild in regards to Magnus Stallion mm-hmm. shooting. And the quote yeah. tweet was like every day 50 Cent shows us why he was shot nine times. And it's like, yeah, like 100 <laughs> percent like you he's like the biggest and like a big a very big Internet troll. And it's like you was probably doing that shit off the Internet, too. Like, I'm only reminded of, like, the discourse around R. Kelly, where it was, like, women are saying, yeah. like, yeah, he did this, he did this to me. And then people being like, nah, but he made, I believe, I, or, you know, he, he's, a, he's a great singer. Like, he made great songs. And then he made, I believe, I can fly. Like, he wouldn't do anything wrong. Yeah, they're like, I don't want to have to stop listening to Ignition, my guy. It's like, now, it's like, everybody's, like, agreed to that, so things are like shifting but not on the mm-hmm. level that concerns like me or you or like any other regular people yeah so there's also that aspect to it where it's like these were these are like a lot of them are like beloved public figures like you know the same way we talked about even last week and the week before about like having trouble like letting go of like people in the public eye that we like really care about when like you find out like horrible shit about them people don't want to believe that that like r kelly's a bad person or whoever else i mean it really doesn't matter you could think of like a hundred examples remember like the day after kobe died And, like, some women were, like, tweeting, like, shit about not being sad because, like, he, like, allegedly had assaulted somebody. Yeah, that was uh, upsetting. But at the same token, this actually still applies because when Gail King brought it up in an interview, Snoop Dogg jumped down and out. And then people were, like... Yeah. Like, people were, like, agreeing with him. And it's the same thing. Like we, yeah. we're one way with black men and one and another harsher way with black women. Yeah, that yeah, that's so true. I mean, I still stand by the fact that like, look, a a man and his thirteen year old daughter just died among like some other you know families, and like a woman has just lost like her daughter and husband, like, and then you say something snarky on Twitter about how you're you don't care that they're dead, but the problem here is just that like a lot like the tweets that I was seeing were just from people who like don't know that stuff for a fact and like don't really care about Kobe Bryant or or anything Kobe Bryant and Jason yeah and I still feel that way but I do see like how that could be taken as like a weird hypocritical statement you know what I mean like uh that's so hard for me to say I might cut that whole section but like uh it's just like what this thing that I have like a lot of like inner turmoil about Mm mm-hmm no, I feel that. I definitely feel that. Just, like, keep in mind that, like, there are people that, like, really loved that person and are, like, mourning their death. So, like, just be fucking respectful, dude. And again, it goes back to the whole thing that we talked about a while ago, about how we just, like, forget that public figures are human beings. Absolutely. 
So I have one, I guess, to attach to this and maybe to encapsulate things like the, the entire episode, maybe. So Dr. Umar, who is a guy who has a PhD in something, and he's always on Twitter. And I'll say this, like for the general audience, it's basically pro-black rhetoric. And there was a thing where he had a video where I was like, oh, wait, hold on. And in the video, he was like, if your like partner is not, he specifically said, if your partner is not black, then how can you like care about black issues? Which I was thinking about it and I was like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. And it only makes sense in the vein that your care or protection for these people stems from being related to them or romantically mm -hmm. involved with them, which ultimately isn't true. Like you can respect people mm -hmm. and take things, you know, like they don't have to be mutually exclusive. You just take things yeah. as they are because otherwise if you're like just too, I want to say if you have too much tunnel vision on it, like this is what I have to do as like a, a black right. person or a feminist or this, that, the other. If you have too much tunnel vision, yeah. then that's when it becomes like, ah, things become iffy and nothing's a monolith. Nobody is a monolith. So you have to look at things like case by case. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Hopeless dope -ed. Anyway, we didn't have a plan for this episode, so it was just a little bit of a, a tangenty shit show. But, you know, there are some things going on in, like, the, the news and public discourse and stuff that are pretty relevant to the kind of stuff we like to talk about here. So, anything, uh, anything else, Ronnie? I got... Not a mas. That said, uh, this has been the Pretty Girl Pill Club. Take your meds, drink some water. You can follow us on Instagram at Pretty Girl Pill Club and on Twitter at PGPCPod. And as always, the show notes and everything like that is going to be on PGPCPod.com. And with that, bye. See y'all later. I've never done the outro so well before. <laughs> George Bush doesn't care about black people. Hopeless dope, Adam.